0: actually that's another band the muppets that have actually you know they've been through their dramas because i don't think piggy and him are together anymore um i think they've tried that they've done it and moved on and yeah he's back back just as a solo actor i think think. that
1: might have been one of the first bands i ever saw
0: i think as a little one just
1: watching television going, oh that's a that's what a that's a band
0: that's they what a real band looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You're probably right, David. Absolutely. One of our first experience of bands would have been the Muppet Show. Yeah,
2: that's Great. Yeah, and bands.
0: I remember just yeah, that's that's one I I always go to for quiz night. Say you go out and the people go, oh, what, what should we have for a name of a quiz? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. I always go Doctor Teeth and the Mayhem Band, and they're like,
3: what? <laughs> what planet are you on?
0: <laughs> like, Doctor Teeth and the Mayhem Band, awesome. <laughs> Good our listeners. Welcome to another episode of Music Madness and Movies. I've just got that totally round the wrong one. <laughs> all yeah, of the main all the main things were in there, so yeah. that's wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The gist, it? yeah I'm <laughs> your host tonight. I'm Glenn, and we're joined by David, Chan, and Martin. But we're missing somebody. We're missing our mate Ian from Taranaki. Al Baker. Al Baker. Al ba- yeah, Al Baker. Um, he's out on a, um, a journey of discovery to to Raglan. Um, he's experiencing new things. He's looking around for inspiration, and we all know that he's quite a quite an accomplished musician. So he's looking for inspiration for writing a new batch of songs. Um, and one day we'll hear those songs. Whether or not you like them or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to be pretty cool to find out. So, Ian, when you do get to listen to this, when you're out there in the tranquil nature of Raglan, hi.
1: I think he's at the pub. I think he's at the pub right now. He said he's going to get some pub grub. And um, otherwise, otherwise he'd be with us, but the pub grub came first. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I suspect it. yeah, that's right. He's probably not. Probably he's, going into solitude to think about what no, he's done. He's probably halfway through. Kids in the basket. Yeah, ruminating,
1: <laughs> and his curly curly fries. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. um, and also, um, dear listeners, we were going to be having our first guest star tonight, Dom Tupu, um, who was going to join us. And uh, Dom's an old mate of mine from way back, and he's a hardcore muzo and um, also a DJ as well. So he was going to join us to talk about himself. We were going to ask him questions. And also um, the year he'd picked was 1996. So remarkably, we've actually prepped for 1996. But we thought it'd be unfair to sort of, you know, quit that idea. Um, because it's a good one and it's always good mm. to hear other voices um so we're going to leave 1996 and we're going to go back into more comfort zone territory even more of a comfort zone territory and we're going to get to the 70s oh, so this yeah. is a this is a super sounds of the 70s episode and we're picking 1977. Disco yeah. baby what and you it? know
1: what I don't think any of us have picked disco have we no and we're right in the middle of that disco
0: yeah um surprising, aren't you? Eh?
1: What does yeah. that say
0: about us? Uh we don't have taste. <laughs> <laughs> I true. Oh, the <laughs> movie that
1: came out seventy seven, you might Saturday Night Fever. Mm, Come that was on, you the... can't tell you can't tell me that was the movie that I mean, okay, there might have been a
0: uh, a space what do you a, call small it? Indie, a small indie space adventure fantasy. Yeah, a soap opera. Some kind of unknown thing.
2: director, right? Yeah but I think he made a drag racing film or something,
1: but not far behind was Saturday Night Fever with Travolta and his flares. Oh,
0: and which came which went on to become one of the biggest selling albums of all time. But it was. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest. And um yeah, that was Peak BG, wasn't it? Or it was second peak oh, at second peak of, of BGs.
1: It hmm. was. And do you know what? Like looking through what happened in 77. I thought um on the movie front was pretty tragic. Uh you guys got the pick of the movies, but seventy-eight, first of January, seventy-eight, guess what's released?
0: I have no idea.
1: The BGs and Peter Frampton doing Sergeant Pepper's Lone.
0: <gasps> oh my god, that film is terrible. Check it out. If we do 78, so I am choosing
1: that. Yeah, it 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 is hilarious. It's on YouTube. It's about 30 or 40 minutes. How and much
0: coke? They haven't been deep. It yeah. screams cocaine and but someone's that the height
1: idea. Of, yeah, like Frampton comes alive at just, you know, it was only a year out, and you got the Bee Gees at the height of their powers. They were untouchable, so they thought they would do they'd rip off the Beatles. Why wouldn't
3: you? Mm. I saw the photograph. Seen his face before
4: Nobody was really sure If he was from the house of I saw the film today Oh boy The English army
3: Had
0: just won the war oh, it, 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 Absolutely it, horrific it, it did coincide with a bit of a Beatle Um, a beetle, um Revival? Uh, Revival at the time, yeah. Mm. So uh, bizarrely, there was another one about that time. Even John Lennon oh. started feeling a little nostalgic for it all back at yes. the day. Yes. Mm. Who knows? But, yeah, we haven't chosen Disco. No. We've
3: stayed
0: away. No. Um, is that because it's more in our comfort house to talk about other things?
2: I just think there were better albums, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> you know disco yeah great okay I'm, I'm not anti-disco in any way i'll happily put on a bit of donna summer from time to time but abba. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah oh yeah
2: ever of... released a movie they had ever the movie they did have Abba the movie yeah uh, well, it's Australia as well wasn't oh, it? Really? it was yeah. on their australian oh. tour i think and remember. You,
0: and, yeah and do you know the biggest selling band in new zealand is abba
3: New Zealand, new
0: Zealand, New Zealanders lapped it up. We loved it so much the old ever, I think it drove everyone nuts. I know yeah. my parents were like, oh, no, not ever on the radio
2: again. I, I'm, I just was just reading something online. I think their um, the new hologram avatar versions of them that's doing these London shows, I think that premiered tonight. I think it's, no all, way. it's got its premiere going on at the moment. So that sounds really interesting. I doubt if I would spend 100 bucks on seeing, you know, a hologram. <laughs> no, it's probably like a 40-minute show or something. I, I got a feeling a rip-off might be. Um.
0: No, I, I just, I totally disagree. Um, I watched <laughs> some of the making of that, and it's uh, on YouTube, and it's epic. The whole arena has been set up wow. to all ha- assist in the process. So it's more the whole venue itself has been arranged in a way that sort of brings the light show um and the performance to like it's super intense. Um, I would totally pay that much.
2: Did I review here the last um the album that I released at the end of last year, just before Christmas? The the, the I, new album after 40 years. Or oh, I listened
0: it was a couple of songs.
2: The the two singles were quite good. One of them was very abba and the other one, not so much. It was more of a ballad. Um, I heard the album while I was actually in um, in one of the local record stores. And I just kind of st- st- stood there for like forty minutes browsing, like listening to it. And it's like a Christmas album. It's really bizarre. There's like at least like four Christmas songs on there. So they obviously were like, you know, tapping into that market at the time of year. Um, but it, it definitely kind of had its very, very brief shining moment and then disappeared again as an album. I think it adorned quite a few parents' uh, Christmas stockings this year.
0: Yeah, Ebba, yeah, man, um, one of the greatest songwriting teams ever.
2: Well, you know. That, and Benny and Bjorn? Yeah. You're well, a, SOS, SOS, right. John Lennon said that was the greatest pop song ever written. And so did Pete Townsend.
1: one? Dancing Queen?
2: No, SOS.
1: No. Uh, SOS, right. Yeah.
2: And I kind of agree with them. Because it's got like three absolute killer riffs in that song. Think about it. You've got the I'm intro.
1: Sing it for us, Martin. Yeah, yeah, Martin. Nice. <laughs> can you sing this well? Otherwise, I'd have to just cut to it on the on the final. Yeah,
0: lead. I definitely need to cut on, to it hold on, hold for on. sure. Are
1: you gonna play it's it?
0: On the oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know if I can play
2: it. Or is it?
1: You probably played every night, Martin.
0: <laughs> he does, eh?
2: Yeah,
0: he was just hiding this. Oh, yeah.
3: Uh, ah, yeah. yeah.
2: that one. <laughs> yeah. And you settle, down, yeah.
3: Settle down, mate. You're da in the fountain.
2: Yeah, oh, All well, three awesome. riffs in that song are brilliant. And, and yeah, it could have, like, carried. Unless a lesser song on our own, the, br- the but bridge, yeah. And it's got oh,
0: that okay. little
2: moogie bit in the middle with the um, um mm-hmm. stuff, which is just brilliant. <laughs>
1: John Lennon was right.
2: Yeah. Lennon and uh, Pete Townsend, both, both yeah, yeah, totally correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Great song. Yeah, yeah. and,
0: and, and, and both of them have got, um, <laughs> yeah, really? they've definitely got some experience.
3: Mm. Mm. Um,
0: uh, we've here, judged. Yeah. Look, it's amazing. We've just started off. We've picked a different records and we've just intro'd with ABBA. And are we in actually, the
1: same year? Are we in the right year? Yeah, we are. Oh, it's, okay.
0: it's a it's all peak 70 you know I'm not just... I'm not
1: never I don't know my Abba no, from,
0: from my babba. Well, <laughs> I think you'll know them when you hear them and you go well they're actually extraordinarily clever songs well, Queen's a bit
1: dark it's a it's a dark song it sounds really poppy and and fresh in that but it's it's actually got Bittersweet, it's one of those bittersweet songs that I, I think wonder. There's
2: quite a few other songs that are, that are mm. dark, really, you know, yeah. especially yeah. on those, those last albums, like, especially, oh, yeah, the, break, the, the breakup. Album. Yeah, that's a heavy album to listen to. That's, it's kind uh, of
0: like it's yeah. kind of a little bit like they went kind of fleet with Mac, eh? Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah. talk about a breakup album, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one ever. <laughs> rumors, exactly. I have it right here, rumors, yeah. uh, 77, yeah, it's fairly... Yeah. Probably... It, there we Probably go. One of the biggest selling, isn't it? Um, got to
2: say that's a really uh, smooth segue, guys. That's like a it, segue is, actually.
0: Uh, <laughs> so David, have you selected, have you selected rumors? I've selected
1: um, a number because I couldn't pick anyone, but rumors okay. has to be right up there. I mean, Fleetwood Mac in New Zealand are, um, that would be right up there with Abba. They must be one of the most popular, popular, you know, gigs in town when they, when they come. Um, I think so. On this album, you've got I mean, you've got all the the radio tunes, right? So, we know dreams and don't stop and go your own way, but you've got this beautiful song um, called Never Going Back Again by Lindsay. Yeah. And then you've got, um, oh, The Chain. That is an amazing song. Mm. Oh, love that song. And it still sounds, the production on this, I don't know if Lindsay did this, I'm not sure, but the production on this album is so good. The Chain, it sounds like it was recorded yesterday. Um, Songbird, that's another beautiful song.
2: Um, The Chain's quite a weird one in the UK because it got used in an advert, but it didn't play like the song bit it was the bass bit oh. yeah 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 and, and they used to use it a lot on the um grand prix coverage as yeah, well yeah yeah that's exactly yeah it was used in like um i think it was a lucas ad or something with, with like two dragsters going going at it and they, they yeah. had that playing on the top of it so everybody knew that bit of the song in the uk but probably didn't know the the, the rest of it or like the first like three and a half minutes of it
0: Everybody in the UK bought a copy of this. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip the rest
2: of it that. Just play the bass solo. Don't need the I, rest I, um,
1: of it. <laughs> this, this, this shows you how, how revered Lindsay Buckingham is as a guitarist. Uh, I listened to that podcast, Glenn, um, the and Tours mm. um, one on Mike Campbell the other day. But when it came to... Being the lead guitarist for Fleetwood Mac and playing Lindsay Buckingham Bap- stuff, he absolutely was petrified. Because Lindsay's got such a unique style. I mean, he, he plays with his fingers, right? So he's not a he doesn't use a guitar pick, but um and, and he improvises a lot. So if you watch watch him on, on that um the dance, I think it is that concert they did in '97, he improvises a lot. And so Mike Campbell was absolutely humbled as anything when he was asked to play. Um, Lindsay Buckingham. And of course, it takes two fantastic songwriters, um, in Neil Finn and Mike Campbell to, to fill the shoes of one Lin- Lindsay Buckingham in some ways. Um, but I was I was really interested because Mike Campbell's someone that I've always thought is, you know, he's right up there um and as a collaborator with Tom Petty back back in the day. And then, you know, he does a lot of collaboration around the traps, but yeah, he was totally
0: humbled. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool record. And although it could have been better if there was only just that little bit of space extra for um, Silver Springs. Well, there's a great song, which was a B-side, um, Silver Springs by um, um, Steven X, And it's basically a real sort of a letter out loud to um, Lindsay. <laughs> Uh, and Lindsay uh, Made sure that it never made the album Wow, um, must have been bad No, it's an epic what, what, rec- It's called? an amazing Silver, Spring. Silver Springs Yeah, I've got it on my DVD, uh, not CD release And it was actually restored On the reissue of that To where it should have been um, And it's an amazing song um, Yeah I, I think you definitely Should put a clip up of that Seen the and the dance? There's yeah, a, I can a, see yeah, it.
1: I've got it on my piece on my laptop. You got right the dance? Yeah. Yeah, um, and
0: so these are the they, they. She sings it and she looks directly at him, you know, and delivers yeah. these lines directly at him, and it's like, it's, it's oh, this, <laughs> I'm just watching. you too much personal shit going on. Well,
1: this yeah. is good. There's yeah. there's a lot of this online about you know the background to it.
0: Oh, the background of Silver Springs is epic. It's the um, Lost she...
1: Breakup Anthem. Oh, my goodness. i got, I got to read
0: this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe you didn't know this story. No, <laughs> no I, just... I had no idea. What's Did an amazing
2: know song? No, no. I'm unaware of that one. Oh, no way.
0: Oh, yeah. It's Silver Springs, man. I heard it, and I was just blown away because I hadn't heard this song very often. B-side of, and, of which track? Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll find
1: it, mate. Don't worry.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. You will. You'll definitely get it. Yeah. No doubt you'll be putting some stuff on our Facebook page all about the story of Silver Springs. Mm. I hope you do, because it is an amazing story. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that
2: goes on the playlist as well this
0: week. I I will. It's one of my all-time I think we just recut rumours.
2: Let's just recut rumours. Well, (laughs) you
1: you,
0: you can do it, mate. I know the band felt bad about it um, later, because it's not there, and sort of restored it in, in one of the CD, I think it was... 40 year anniversary release of it right. yeah good stuff yeah but the dance video is cool because she's looking at him as she's delivering the lines <laughs> like yeah. you know i'm the woman that you walked away from Type thing. well you
1: know in uh, around 81 or somewhere when they were touring new zealand and came to auckland they had that big bust up on stage right there's yeah they talk talk about it yeah they talk about in one of the books uh, i've got (laughs) that yeah they're touring and it was the auckland show and um like she she throws stuff at him like she just goes she just loses it um because he's he's playing the silly buggers and yeah i'll dig it out uh yeah it was right here in god's own um wow yeah, I mean they're
2: a brilliant band, aren't they, when you think about it. That's what doing. <laughs> but they've got Argu- the drama, right? <laughs> you can't address,
0: Argu- a dramatic Argu- thing. Arguably, Argu- and I think I've said this before, they're probably the perfect band. Yeah. And I don't use that word lightly at all because what you've got is a range of voices, a range of singers, and a range of different songwriters mm. as well. And really? and an amazing band leader who's been able to keep that band together, yeah. which is an extraordinary achievement, considering all that personal drama that's going mm. on. Yeah, and he yeah. still manages a way to reinvent Fleetwood Mac from way back in the blues days um, and still go, still going on. Mm. I mean, the guy, Mac Fleetwood's a legend.
1: Absolutely.
0: We've been able to achieve that.
1: He's got a Kiwi front in it now. How awesome is that?
0: Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, it's um yeah, great record.
1: So I guess we're doing we're doing the albums first. <laughs> I think we are. Yeah,
0: we, yeah. We'll, we'll get to some
2: movies a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, Martin, Martin, what have you got for us? Well, for albums this week, um, <laughs> kind of getting back to the space theme, but um, I'm going with ELO. I'm going out
1: oh, the blue oh, by ELO. I I was going to choose that, but I, I left it for you. Did you know that? I oh, saw gosh. that and I thought because I because I saw I know you've got it on your wall. You're looking at it right now.
2: I am looking at it right now. It's right there on my wall. Yep. Uh, you're very
0: sweet, David. Is this a poster that you've got? There? I've got I've
2: got like four album covers in frames on my wall, and that's that's my that's the one that always draws my eye. Actually, such a great. But you album don't cover. you don't rotate them out. Uh, I keep meaning to, but I'm far too lazy to do it. Um mm-hmm. but um yeah it's um yeah I mean it's it's such a great album, you know. If, if you want to kind of talk, talk to someone and say like what are ELO all about, you just play that one, really. Um and like you I, know, I, I, I seven the tracks on it are like the greatest hits album. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's 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 a pretty epic album. Yeah, and a double album. I don't know yeah. this is the first double album we've kind of covered? I don't know. Oh we, we it, did it. Oh, yeah. no, no mm. it probably is
0: um is was it a debut album or is it
2: no it was like their seventh release I think
0: oh right okay
2: they were well into it career-wise by that point but you know I think they just found their peak Mm. late in life (laughs) yes as a band um you know it was also um you know Jeff Lynne um who was the the writer and obviously the singer and, and guitarist as well um Obviously, did a lot of work with the Beatles, and you can definitely kind of hear some of that influence coming through as well. The strings, um, there's there's a heap of like string section work on on the album, and the orchestration is is meticulous. It's really really well done. I'm not sure who the orchestrator was for that album, um, but it's um, yeah. You know, if you listen to things like Mr. Blue Sky, everybody mm-hmm. knows like the the main it's body of the songs. song, which always kind of cuts off yeah. at a certain point, usually when it's on the radio. But there's like a and an addendum and an additional part to it where it kind of goes on this big kind of prog rock kind of odyssey for like three or four minutes um and it's just just outstanding strength the the orchestration on it is is remarkable it's such a cool sounding album even now it still sounds fresh it, it's um you know there's not many kind of 70s albums like that i can think of that i would say haven't really dated but that one is kind of for me, it's kind of like a timeless album. It, it's one of those ones I can go back to, like the Beatles, really, in a lot of ways. Um, oh, wow.
0: There's a big I, similarity. Ian would be like, no, not more Beatles, guys. Um, he's, <laughs> but he's not here. I think one of the Beatles said, yeah, Jeff Lynn just made a, a career out of stealing our stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> He's, he's it quite, may have been even George, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, good, yeah. good mates, one of the Wilburys, right? And I mean, he he's a he's a really interest, interesting producer, right? So, um, because he did a lot of Tom Petty stuff uh back in the day um as producer. Uh, and mm. and I don't think he likes I don't think he believes in um uh recording altogether. He, he professed to sort of um what do you call it sample it or whatever is sort of layer it um, all out layer it all yeah which of course i I suppose you know a bit more flexibility and and, in terms of your sound engineering and and then when you do your mix you've got you got total control um, just reading here he actually
2: wrote the entire album in three and a half weeks he basically locked himself in a chalet in the middle of the swiss alps and wrote crazy
1: how many songs are on here like uh 16 17 like that
2: yeah um, I love
1: Turn to Stone and Sweet Talking Woman Vest Chang yeah. probably my favorite song That's on that that-
2: the city
3: streets are empty now the life no change.
0: Most doubles um, are often needing a bit of attention in terms of editing. Does this one need editing, or are you going? Actually, you know what? Do you
2: know what? It's interesting because the flabby—what most people would consider the flabby bit, like side three of an album when you got like Mm -hmm. a double album set, right? Um, He came up with a kind of idea of actually making it into a concerto. So it's like a four-four tracks kind of interlinked. So it's kind of like a concept thing. Concerto, um, for, a rainy day. Called the Concerto yeah. for a rainy day, which, yeah. you know, basically goes, starts with, uh, um, uh, Standing in the rain. Yeah. So, kind of yeah. kicks it off and then it ends in with Mr. Blue Sky. It was like, oh, love it. The sun comes out.
1: Love it. That's so cool. Um, Book ended. Starting with the rain, but yeah. it ends with blue sky.
2: Yeah. And there's also one of the first times to used the vocoder, like really heavily as well, which I love so, so that, that's yeah. really really cool in my book um we, we've kind t- of talked about the vocoder in one of the previous episodes so mm-hmm. know, okay. but um yeah you know if you listen to the end of Mr Blue Sky um it actually says um uh, please turn me over
0: mm-hmm. oh all right so and it's, the record because it's got some It's got some coral and stuff in it as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it goes pretty epic towards the end. Yeah. That that, that
0: first minute or two of Mr. Blue Sky, I really love with that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, some really hooky, great songs on there Turn to Stone, Mr. Blue Sky, Sweet Talking Woman, Um, It's Over. That's another cool one. Um, Not quite in the same, I guess. same level of recognition as some of the other ones, maybe, but still a really cool song. Uh, "Wild West Hero" is on that album as well. Um, yeah, I, I just there's something about that album, and it I kind of captured me from a very young age. I remember my mum and dad having it, and uh, the album cover was yeah. the first thing that drew me because I was like, "Oh, sweet, like spaceships! This is going to be awesome." <laughs> and then you open the album up, and and I think there's a gatefold poster in there, but it's also um like a, a pop-up that you can make a bit like sergeant pepper with the mustache and, and that mm. but it was the spaceship and you can make like a 3d spaceship that actually you had like a little stand thing as well that you stood it up. he, I remember he that. so
0: wanted to he so wanted to be a beetle didn't he he did <laughs> well,
1: they are to two spaceships what floyd is with to lasers i guess right because if you go to a concert from an elo concert right the stage looks like a spaceship they set the whole mm-hmm. stage up as this flying saucer. It's epic with all the blues and the reds, uh, the neons. It just looks amazing. It looks like the album cover. I mean, Yeah,
2: so the That's album country. cover is is like is like this huge kind of multicolored rainbow spaceship flying saucer, mm. and then there's a little mm. shuttle kind of docking at it,
3: mm.
2: and and the shuttle actually has um, the number JTLA eight two three L two written on it which is actually the uh, the catalogue number for the album. So <laughs> quite a neat little, little, neat little trick. Yeah, yeah, nice. um, it was heavily in, in, uh, influenced, the album cover, by 2001. That's, that's where the idea for it really kind of came from. And they actually used it on the previous album, um, which was a New World Record. Um, but this is the one that kind of cemented it really as like their, their logo, and, and it became their, their thing. And yeah, absolutely, when they were touring, um, <laughs> It was the proper spinal tap moment where, like, the spaceship comes down, <laughs> now come the band kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, they, oh, they
0: went for it. <laughs> I, I, re- I reckon Parliament probably beat them on that, the mothership <laughs> connection, because that, yeah, you've seen that. I don't know if you've seen yeah. these on Mothership, they, it's exactly what happens. And guess so Parliament come out. Yeah.
1: Jeff yeah. Lynn must be um, one. Oh, he, he's definitely one of those singers. How old is he? Seventy-four. If you if you listen to him, he's put some stuff out in the last couple of years. He sounds as good as he always has sounded. Um, yeah, and he looks he, like he looks the same. He doesn't look like he's aged in the last forty years.
2: No, no, space travel will do for you. <laughs>
0: <Probably>. <laughs> but he um, did a lot of effects on his voice too, didn't he? Back in the day
2: yeah yeah i mean it's, you know he's, you can you can say what you want about the music whether you like it or not but production wise it's pretty darn good like new well, stuff he knew,
0: you know. yeah you kind of know a jefflin production when you hear it
2: yeah yeah it's, it's very he's, very, he's very, got his, his own sound, sound.
0: Mm. yeah he does it's like um you know i'm not gonna go and say it You say am yeah it's like you know uh, the guy carpenter He's the carpenter's sound. You know, there's the Jeff oh, yeah. Lynne sound, the carpenter's sound, and stuff like that. Yeah. Which probably was also peaking around that time too, wouldn't it? Probably was.
2: Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 So yeah, you're they, right they, about they,
2: his voice. His voice does still sound strong. And like, I, I, I've heard like the, the live album they did a couple of years ago the Wim, at the Wembley Stadium yeah. one. And it's yeah. phenomenal. It's yeah. a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant live show. It's like, wow. He,
1: he teamed up with the Langley sisters. I don't know if you know who they are. They're um oh, yeah. they uh I think three sisters um British uh, multi instrumentalists um they look amazing right so they've got they've got the 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 looks they've got the skills and talents and the voices and he teamed up with them um and and the production for that live at Wembley and and that if you look at the YouTube videos um he's just he sounds I mean he, he looks like he's a guy in his late forties right and he's 70 something 71 or 72 i mean it's it's just amazing um full credit he really looked after his voice
2: unlike unlike poor old john bon jovi have you seen that video that's doing the rounds at the moment oh Oh, my word it's it's not pretty not pretty at all his voice is just completely shot shot yeah he was doing um living on a prayer and basically mm-hmm. came on, sang the first line and literally got the crowd to sing the entire rest of the song. Cause he sang it so out of tune, so croaky. Yeah. And so like yeah. off time, it was like, this is just a disaster before. It's, well, even the,
0: yeah, it's a trick. Well, the amount of touring him and that band did. Oh I mean, yeah. Wonder the, no wonder the voices, you know?
2: Yeah. But I think the point where you just have to kind of call it a day or at least like get some help for it. But, um, the fact that like, you know, the the I think they just started another world tour. So he's probably like, you know, up to it into his elbows and like he can't get out of it <laughs> and he's totally contracted into it. But at the same time, it's, like, well, it's so unfair be... on the fans. Yeah,
1: but he must be what six no more than sixty, I would have thought. Mm.
2: Yeah, so, but you yeah. know, I think that's the difference between um, well, he, so sort know, of a lap yeah, band wasn't it? Yeah, sort of you know, when band. you've got someone who's literally like Having to scream, scream it out every night. Oh, yeah, God is going to take a toll. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember seeing a concert a few years ago with Carol King, um, and it was just appalling. Mm. Like <laughs> the same kind of deal. Just, just you know, sounded like a frog singing. It was just so grumpy <laughs> and horrible. <laughs> and I just thought, uh, nah, you know, sleeping dogs that lie. Is you know, that
1: a little just, nod, Martin, to Kermit.
2: No, no Kermit. Um, uh, I thought you might yeah, be not intentionally anyway because maybe, maybe he turned six, 67
1: moment. didn't you say yeah yeah and
2: he's still in fine voice as well actually.
1: he sounds fine yeah, yeah. he's looked after his mm-hmm. voice, definitely
0: yeah. well well that's what here does for you eh?
1: mm.
0: he's probably on the weed a lot too because you hang out a lot
1: it <laughs> so, would be too if you had Miss Piggy chasing you 24-7 you
2: got Dr. Teeth as a dealer you know that's the good stuff <laughs> and uh,
1: be- Beaker is your roommate
0: <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I mean, um, actually that, that's another band, the Muppets, that have actually, you know, they've been through their dramas because I don't think Piggy and him are together anymore. Um, I think they've tried that. They've done it and moved on. And yeah, he's back back just as a solo act, I think. Yeah, it's definitely Mac, the 70s. <laughs> yeah well it is, it's kind of like Fleetwood Mac, yeah, but with Muppets. I was <laughs> Doctor Teeth the Mayhem Band? Hey, those guys were rocked. Brilliant. Stuff. And one of the one of the I think it's one of the guitarists is called Floyd.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's
1: right. It's yeah. a, I think that might have been one of the first bands I ever saw. I think you're like, probably as a right. little one just yeah. watching television. going, Oh, that's a that's what a that's a band.
2: That's they what they a real band looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You're probably right, David. Absolutely. We're... One of our first experience of bands would have been the Muppet Show.
2: Yeah, Doctor Mayhem. Yeah, and prize.
0: I remember just yeah, that's that's one I I always go to for quiz nights. Say so you go out and the people go, oh, what, what should we have for a name of a quiz? And everyone's like, oh I don't know. I always go Doctor Teeth and the Mayhem Band, and they're like, what? What planet are you on? Like, Doctor Teeth and the Mayhem Band, awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. uh Well, we're coming up to the end of side A, and we've barely scratched the surface of seventy-seven so uh, what we'll do is um we will pause for the flipping of this, the record and move on to side b in such we will try and get through um the remaining albums who knows it could just be an album night, and then have a look at some of the movies because we've got some crackers lined up too. I'd be. Never Must mind be. the bo- Must be Never your m- tune for an album. It is. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Q ah. intro music. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, the Sex Pistols. Um, I'm not the world's biggest punk fan. Um, and nor am I sort of in a big aficionado of punk and what it, what it is. And I'm certainly not the one to talk about its history and stuff like that. Um, however, when I looked at albums from 77, um, there was a lot of good ones that i've got like there's david bowie's low and eventually heroes we've yeah. got um Iggy pops um uh, the idiot um which i've come to adore um and uh pink floyd's angriest album animals which um is, is freaking stellar um And, yeah, we talked about the disco and stuff like that, which I'm not really into either. Um, And then there's Never Mind the Bollocks. Um, And I probably came to it a bit later in my life. And you know what? Every time it's on, I smile, and it's just the funniest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't understand why people got so angry about this thing at the time um, because it doesn't sound that bad at all. It's just some people that are pissed off about yeah. things and just letting it out.
2: Um absolutely it's a venting you know, album. It's definitely a venting
0: Yeah, you know, we talked to back in the ninety one special, um it's Rage about Against Machine. Ra- rage yeah. Against Machine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This in is, is effectively ahead raging. of its time. Ahead of its time. Well, no. And of its time too. I mean it really did reflect actually England was pretty awful. Mm thatcher's england or or what's thatcher was in at that point or just before she was just getting in there she was yeah just getting in there and it it was all that royal britannia sort of stuff and and they just said no this is crap this is not really it um well it was the
2: queen's silver jubilee 77 as well wasn't it yeah it was kind of of stick it to (laughs) stick it to the royal family a little bit as well
0: yeah, and I felt sorry for Johnny Rotten um, and John Leighton um, because, you know, they, they're actually quite a cracking band. Um, and if you hear some of the stuff before, I think there's the, with Glenn Matlock on bass, um, there was um, a recordings of all of those, and they're available um, before they did the final album. Um and it's really freaking tight and really good. In fact, arguably, it's probably better than the actual final release. Um, it's tight, they're punchy. The lyrics are on point. There's probably not an inch of fat on the album at all, but that makes sense. It's a punk record. So we've gone from ELO completely to the other direction to this angry, bitter... Um, thing which um and the album cover alone it had the word bollocks on it which upset a lot of people (laughs) they went on the bbc and used the f word um and not prompted in
2: any sort of way to actually do that no
0: no exactly and they were say
2: something something shocking (laughs) yeah and they were applied with alcohol before
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i mean (laughs) recipe for disaster yeah um so they were set up um and when you watch the great rock and roll swindle, there's a moment on there where Johnny's looking at the crowd and he just says to everyone, Don't you ever feel like you've been cheated? Because they were set up um, and all that crap happened around them. And really, he just wanted to write some really good songs. And he's actually a cracking songwriter and um, went on to that with, um, was it Pill? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, which I haven't got into. I didn't uh, didn't really gel for me, but it is what it is. So yeah, um, favorite track on this album is pretty vacant. Uh, I just think that is just utter class, um, class for a punk record. Um, and these guys I, I,
1: really, really lived the punk, well, the punk, well punkness. I'm I, just
2: they, yeah, I remember, remember I at the same yeah. time, I don't think they they're in a relationship. <laughs> oh really? There was some that got like you know really kind of militant and quite heavy about it all, but yeah, I I, no. I just yeah. saw and it they, as, as a piss take, really. <laughs>
0: I think I think you're right there, Martin. and um, I don't think you know there was you. What you have the guy Malcolm McLaren, who's a shameless um, promoter or trying to be creator scene like the Warhol type thing. So I mean, he did. He used it, and I, it was the um, fashion designer that did all their clothes. Um, oh. oh it's <laughs> it? It yes, yes. I mean, I mean, there was this whole thing around it. So we talked about 1967 and, you know, Carnaby Street cool and all of that sort of thing. Well, this is the same thing with just different music, um, and I think that's it kind of went against everything. Get. John Lydon probably actually wanted for his band um but the influence that you know they weren't the best punk band um i don't know if there is such a thing um because it's not the ethos of what's the best Mm. it is the fact that you me and a couple of others could team up and go hey why don't we write some songs like they can do it so why don't we Mm, and that ethos around punk um, took off and you saw an explosion of guitar bands um, just pick up guitars learn three or four chords, play some songs because it's very much like the Beatles when they came through, at that guitar bands came back and the noise came back and it was all three minutes rock and roll, it is rock and roll at its core um, and The influence of having people just seeing this and going, Hey, you know what? We can do that too. Any of us can do that, which is really fun. Um, resulted in so many bands um, that became and shifted direction. And the new wave bands, um, and which quickly the sound quickly changed to new wave. Um, and then the new romantics. Remember when I talked about Mm. ABC?
3: Yeah,
0: um, all of that you can trace those back to some pivotal when they were suddenly in their formative years, Spandau Ballet, Duran Duran, saw this and went, yeah, we can do that. And they formed their own bands and learned stuff. And then when the Mini Moog and other things like that came on the scene, they're like, oh, new tech. Oh, I, I'm, I don't know how to play it, but I'm sure I can work it out. And it's very much that punk ethos that they took into it. And then all those sounds came into it. Um, and they just veered off in a very, very, very different direction, but, at its heart, um, so many of them saw the Sex Pistols and they saw what they could do. Plus, you mix in the um, uh, the glam rock from earlier in the seventies, and you're going out with new wave. And there's, a,
2: there's a brilliant, little, um, there's a brilliant little story because when they were recording the album, uh, Queen were in the in the studio next door recording News of the World, and there's a brilliant story about Sid Vicious <laughs> meeting um, Freddie Mercury, um, and basically suspicious <laughs> walked into the studio. Said, so. "Hello, Fred. Still teaching ballet to the masses?" Then, so Freddie Mercury replied, "Ah, oh, Mr. Ferocious. Yes. Well, we do try our best." Don't we? <laughs> and that was the end of it. <laughs> and, they, and I think they found like a mutual respect for each other Like both backs off. But uh, yeah, yeah um, a, a great band. You know, such an iconic band. Really, the Sex hey. Pistols you know, and, and you're right. You wouldn't have had New Wave. You
3: wouldn't have
1: had. Well, you wouldn't have had. Some, some, so, um, yeah. So yeah so credits credits them for inspiring Nevermind, His second album.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, punk never really took off in the United States, even though some elements of it came across with the Ramones. Um, and probably flip. <laughs> people who are listening to um, this will be like, "Oh my god, that." and he, he knows actually nothing about this. He's <laughs> pretending he does. Um, <laughs> and it never really broke. And then through the um, 80s with the sort of underground bands and then in America, and then, yes, you're right, 91, bam, Nirvana. And they described in America, that's the year punk broke. And I was like, oh, well, they just caught up much later. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I really actually listening to it um, um, and then coming to it as a, sort of an older guy. I just found it just like, oh, this is a breath fresh air. And I can understand why it was such a big deal at the time. Um, it's it's a load of fun. And I reckon you should chuck it on and crank it really loud because it's hilarious mm. and good. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah,
2: it's a public cleanser, right? It just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I reckon. laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah but it was hard choosing because um it's not my go-to album from mm. 77
1: i thought I you I, was, I, do. I thought you would have chosen Bowie i was I, I know you wouldn't choose floyd because that would just be too too obvious but i, I didn't Bowie put out a couple of albums in 77 yes. from memory yeah
0: absolutely so zero and low low yeah yeah but this and is the oh. Berlin the Berlin album. yes yes that's right mm. <clears throat> and arguably the idiot is another Bowie solo record. Well, sort of solo-ish record with God, he was on drums. fire, wasn't he? Well, he went went to go and get cleaned up. Um, after the excesses of um hanging out in LA. Yeah, yeah. Berlin. <laughs> Just happened to be unfortunately not the cocaine capital. Um that was LA, but the heroin capital of Europe.
1: <laughs> I think if if you weren't doing that, oh, no. you were un- you were unusual. It seems to have been that from sort of 73 to 79. They were all coked up. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter who you were, where you were. Look at Lennon. When was his last weekend? Sometime around like then.
0: 74, I think. Just before yeah. his
1: son, the second son was born, right? Yeah. So.
0: yeah. Mm. Um, so, yes, I was thinking about it. But you know what? I thought, nah, never mind. Never mind the bollocks, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. let's move on to some movie magic um yeah let's start with you martin because um what have you picked
2: well i i've actually i I got the old uh sound up on my keyboard for this because i thought you know all i have to do (laughs) is play five notes and, and and here we go if everything's ready here on the dark side of the moon play the five tones
0: And for our younger listeners, <laughs> you have no idea what that was
2: about. For so. anyone <laughs> of a certain age. Oh, yeah. So it's Close Encounters of the Third Kind by Steven Spielberg. Um, so Close Encounters is a sci-fi film. Um, and um, it's actually, it's interesting because I was talking to David before we kind of started tonight and he was saying that like he'd watched it a few years back. And, and I I watched it a little while back, and it is a really slow movie. Like if you're yeah. expecting like <laughs> tons of action and like Spielbergian epicness in that kind of sense, it's not there. But what it does bring is the awe and and the um the the kind of it's a slight kind of horror vibe to it as well. Really, there's suspense, you know, it's isn't scary it? Because it is as well.
1: It, yeah. Um, because it is drawn out mm. and you know that there's something not quite right. Yeah. Like, you know, when he's, when he's in his uh, dining room or whatever, and he's making, he's carving the shape of that mountain and he's and going the mesh all of that, he's cut, out of the mashed going His <laughs> wife became... left him. Did his wife leave him? I think she did. <laughs> well, yes, no. she does, yeah. And, yeah. and, it, it and you, and you, and then, you know, there's that scene where they're out on the road and around the corner comes all these UFOs traveling sort of, million miles an hour Look, looks amazing but the suspense i think is is still there even though it's slow it still still holds your attention oh,
0: i agree and it and if anything it's more of a exploration into people and those relationships that are affected by this stuff
2: yeah um, we touched on this last week people. about loser movies we well, like oh well, um, yeah we did richard draper's in this <laughs> roy, roy neary's character um, Roy's a loser. He, he he loses it as well. He absolutely yeah, he, is on the edge in this movie. He was like, on the
0: edge before and he, he just he's a loser. And yeah. there's nothing really redeeming about
2: Roy. No, not particularly. Especially when he like, digs up the backyard and shovels it through, <laughs> through the window into the into the cellar <laughs> to build that. Oh, as, yeah. as a
0: kid, when I saw this film eventually when I was a bit of older and the fact that he did that with the mashed potato, I just thought that was one of the funniest things ever. And even now, me and my wife laugh sometimes when we've got mashed potato and you look at it, and you just, it <laughs> there's, there's a look, there's a look between us like. <laughs> start carving, <laughs> start
1: carving down the
0: sides. Absolutely. But I do remember feeling scared watching it.
2: Yeah. It is, it's, it's got a couple it of like is really quite scary. It's, it's yeah. Good. You know, and this was like you know, it was basically his follow up for to Jaws. So, in terms of like the suspense element, he was at his peak, I think, with these two mm-hmm. in terms of that side of it of his filmmaking. I also think it's probably one of his most cinematic films to watch um, because it was shot anamorphically, which is like super widescreen on like seventy mil film instead of thirty five mil film. Yeah. And part of the reason for that was for the special effects um, yeah. to make them look sharper um and kind of more, more vibrant um but there's a couple of scenes in this that really kind of stand out for me one is the first time he actually encounters the ship when he's in the truck and he's stopped at the crossroads
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's awesome it just goes silent completely dead for like probably a minute probably at least 60 seconds of film and then suddenly everything switches back on and it's like the biggest jump in the whole film really um, but it's just brilliantly, brilliantly done. Uh, and the other scene really is um, with the, the female character in the movie, she has mm. a, a, a toddler, a son, who gets abducted by the aliens. And, and the scene of his abduction um, as well, it's just it's just a masterclass in how to do it, really. Um, yeah, and it ratchets, anything. yeah, it ratchets up the suspense to such an incredible level. Um, and you don't see a damn thing. You don't. Just the light. Yeah.
1: It's like E.T., <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it like the, it's the same. Yeah, yeah similar yeah. kind of, yeah.
0: Um, it's clever filmmaking when you're on a budget.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: There's, there's one little shot in that sequence as well where the kid um, opens the door and the light comes in and he just gets this big smile on his face. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was watching the documentary on, like, how they kind of shot all of that. 'Cause this kid was only like three or four at the time. Um and what happened was uh, Spielberg had like a, a gorilla mask on. <laughs> so he was actually filming it in a gorilla mask. So <laughs> to actually get the reactions out of the kid.
1: That's brilliant.
2: <laughs> um but you know, um yeah, it, it's still one of my favourite Spielbergs. I, I do go back to it every so often. And and every time I get the same kind of feeling from it. It just it's just a feeling of great kind of awe and wonderment, you know. And it's, yeah, I, I love the ending, I think it's brilliant. You know, he had issues with it. Um, in that once the theatrical cut had come out, he then they'd ended a special edition, but it's uh, typical studio interference coming in saying, Oh, we've got to have a shot inside the spaceship. Ah, uh, you- all it- of the mystery away from it, and he hated it, he absolutely hated it. So he later managed to go back and did a director's cut where that particular thing was that element was actually taken back out, um, and all the better for it, in my, in my view. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's a brilliant, have, brilliant, cool film. Yeah.
0: I still have no reason and no idea why they turned up. I can't even remember now. They were returning, ship, weren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, they brought all of the um, all People. of the abductees back, right? Because they were come off the ship at the end and there's like world war ii fighter pilots and that's right god knows what kind of walking mm. down the ramp coming coming out with the aliens
0: i love how they got a, a french guy on keyboards to come in and do <laughs> keyboards it's like my album choice from last week for the guys from era there <laughs> doing the things like yeah man get some europeans and bring those simpson Nice. yeah well
2: it was actually the the guy that they actually got to play it oh so interestingly enough that that five five note riff. Bun, 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 bun. Mm-hmm. John Williams, who composed the score for it, went through over 300 different permutations of five notes to find it out of 140,000 different permutations that oh already exist. And Spielberg went, no, nah, I don't like that one. No, nah, I don't like that one. No, nah, don't like that one. Oh, that one's all right. Yeah, we we'll use that. <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. Wow. So, um, yeah, um, it's a it's a weird soundtrack, actually like a John Williams one. It doesn't really go big thematic in the the way that like E.T. did, Mm. Um, but it uses um, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Um, Yeah. And part of the reason for that was um, Bill Berg said that when he was writing the film, he he heard that song and Mm -hmm. the mood that it captured for him was what he wanted to put into the film
3: so every now and again mm. in the
2: film you'll, you'll hear a little reference to it there's a talk he talks about um uh, richard oh, dreyfus talks about taking his kids to see pinocchio at the cinema at the movies because they've never seen pinocchio yeah.
3: um,
2: and it is that kind of wonderment thing that he's kind of talking about there yeah um, but yeah I, I, as i say it's a film i can't watch it too often but going back and watching it every so often, it, it just yeah, it's it's a great, great piece of sci fi, really.
1: We, what's that background noise?
0: Oh, the, sorry, that's probably me.
1: TV or some, mm. radio or
0: something. Yeah. Sorry, I'll move to another roommate.
1: Eh? No worries, we can edit that. <laughs>
0: This we can have the
2: technology, we have the time. We, yeah, we yeah. can do this. We can we do can this. Him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, you can tell we're really missing in tonight. He, he yeah. obviously fills a lot of the space. Eh? Yeah,
2: usually with like sounds of crackers being eaten and stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's that's what happens when it goes so quiet. Eh? Oh, yeah, it's a great film. Um, yeah, and let's move on to David's great film.
1: I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, took, you guys took the...
2: You guys, oh you guys, guys got in before I could... We took the only two I movies really, that came out. Really? I, 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 I looked
1: for hours, right? I've got Oh, so God, I didn't do that. Stuff. I looked... No, I looked for a little while at least to try and find something. I looked at all types of genres. I looked at the mm. um, independent films. I looked at some of the old Jackie Chan films because I've seen quite a bit of his stuff in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. In the 77. Um, I, I was hoping... There. I mean, that's how I stumbled across um Frampton and the BGs doing <laughs> Sergeant That's how desperate I got. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yep,
3: sorry. And sorry.
1: I just didn't think it would be fair putting our listeners through a Star Wars episode, having only just done the May the 4th um show. So haven't really got one, guys, but um I'm happy to hand it over to you, Glenn. And I I know you've got a cracker there.
0: Well, yeah, I bet you it's aged poorly. Um, (laughs) Very, very, very poorly. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do remember it being um, when videos came out, so I wouldn't have even known about it um, until much, much later. Um, This is Smokey and the Bandit, and it's a road action comedy film with Burt Reynolds and sally field and jackie gleason whoever he was um and it's a road movie and i grew up in a road transport sort of family um on the road a lot and one of the heroes of the movie is a guy called snowman cleanest snowman snow and he drove a truck and so you know trucking was actually regarded as very cool back then um totally was
2: There was convoy. Convoy, exactly. Yeah. And cannonball run. Well that's maybe a little bit yeah, later, yeah, was it? But yeah.
1: yeah. Do you so, remember Big Trouble in Little China? Do you remember yeah. that? This is in the 80s, but the guy, mm-hmm. the guy there, the big gruff trucky guy, mm-hmm. he drives a big Mac truck, which I think he uses as a weapon or something in the movie. But yeah, you're right. Mm. Trucking, trucking and truckers were cool. Mm-hmm. Totally. They
0: were, they were like, you know, sort of cowboys of the road. And they were they were no not um, not linked to anybody. They could do whatever they liked, sort of, you know. Um, yeah, and so the bandit is um, Bert Reynolds, who is actually a rather ordinary actor <laughs> who just seemed to, just seemed to get away with. Winking and smiling and delivering these terrible one liners, but that's awesome. it was all yeah, yeah. about it the tash.
3: It. it was just about oh, the cash,
0: Yeah, the Yeah, hand. man. That was it. And, trans- and again, <laughs> that, 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 That's it. As a kid, there was a couple of things in this film that I loved. Um, one, the trucks. Trucks were cool because they were different type of trucks that we have here. So these were big Peterbilts and Kenworths and things like that which were pretty epic and then you've had the Trans Am um which is a character all of its own in here the Pontiac Trans Am um and and yeah just freaking loved it and again it's one of those hero cars um you know we all know hero cars there's the one from Bullet um The Mustang. Um, Then we've got, um, you know, Back to the Future cars, uh, the DeLorean, and um, the General
3: Lee. The
0: General Lee, exactly. Um, And then you've got this, the Smokey the Bandit car, which is epic.
4: Bandit, you're reckless, and you live much too hard. Bandit, you're the Joker. The deal of the cause
2: You're a legend to the old men A hero to the child
4: Bandit steal a lady's
3: heart a Now I just spot. had to refresh
0: my memory to even think about what the hell this movie is about um,
2: so memory, Apparently isn't Sally Field in it? Like a real yeah. young Sally yeah. Field? <laughs> as yeah. like the, the female lead in it? Um, yes, she was yeah. indeed. Oh. I, I saw it a few years ago, actually, and I didn't find it that particularly funny. I didn't, I didn't remember it having that many laughs in it, to be honest. Uh, Jackie Gleason does the slapstick thing as the sheriff, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was more kind of like a romantic kind of. Drummery kind of thing, really, road movie. I really? guess. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, here's what it was. Here's the, here's what the synopsis of this film was, and I I don't remember it, but from him racing around and avoiding the police guy who was a dork, um, Beauford T. Justice, and um, yeah, hilarious. So it was the di- directorial debut of stuntman Hal Needham. So this was actually directed by a stuntman. Um, so you know. It's wow. going to have a bit of action and stuff like that. Wow. And it follows Bo Bandit Darville and Cletus Snowman Snow, two bootleggers <laughs> attempting to illegally transport 400 cases of Coors beer from Texarkana to Atlanta. While the snowman drives the truck carrying the beer, Bandit drives the Pontiac Trans Am to l- distract the law enforcement just to keep the attention of the snowman. And during their run, they're pursued by Sheriff County Sheriff, oh, and then Texas County Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Um, yeah, and that's basically the premise of the film. Break a wine, break a wine. This
2: is the bandit, it's a snowman out there. My head you, son? Mercy sinks, mercy sinks, you put about eight and a half on me. Blowing the windows down, bring it on. <laughs> I'll be within earshot. You keep it wound up to around 90. Get more. Hey, bandit. Me and fred's got a question what do you and fred want how come we doing this well why not well they said it couldn't be done well that's the reason son that's good with fred we're clear <laughs> and four and i've just i've just done boys so good very old boys. i've just remembered there are two characters in it <laughs> who, who make a bet with them that they won't do it from memory mm-hmm. and i think I'm, I'm pretty sure one of them's called bigginess and the other one Enos. is littleness. <laughs> yes, just just having a little
0: big bigginess and littleness. Yes, um, yeah. And um, he rescues her. For, she's a runaway bride and hops in the car. Um, and as a result, she's trying to get away from, um, an obviously not a particularly good relationship. <laughs> um, and as you may as imagine, they fall in love. And yeah. This, this is right. about a road trip. Well, yeah, yeah. Bootlegging yes. road trip. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and our 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 fourth partner in crime is currently on a road trip.
0: Yes. Did he you, is Did you but choose? No, I chose
2: wow. it I chose this in a hurry. We don't know in a that, hurry. Martin,
0: let's be honest. That. We don't know that.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: sure. I yeah. chose it I chose it in a hurry because um I saw that Close Encounters was there. I thought, nah, and we've done Star Wars and it would be wrong to bring that up again. And then I thought, oh, that movie had a big, I remember that, like as a kid loving the, you know, the fact that, mm. you know, cars got destroyed and yeah. there was um, cars and trucks and it was a lot of fun. Well, I remember it being fun. I don't know if it would stack up now, but who knows? Yeah.
2: Um yeah no. um it's interesting <laughs> i saw and and kind of the one that kind of followed it really was the cannonball run which yeah yeah from memory was actually the first kind of western movie that jackie chap was in as well um oh, yes i remember he came along and then isn't starian that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the starian kicked a bit of ass with jaws from james bond oh, and then like oh, disappeared it, off it, into it, the sunset. <laughs> it was terrible
0: that film it was so bad yeah
2: but yeah same thing i i mean it was it was all about the cars really Let's <laughs> like trash as many <laughs> cars as we can you know <laughs> but yeah um how Ne he need who you said is a stunt man he um he worked with Bert reynolds in quite a few
0: movies. yeah um oh, so smug Bert reynolds in it is just
2: so well, yeah, he's the epitome of smugness, though, but, you know, he was, uh, at the time, you know, sexist man alive probably like three or four years um, in a row, I would imagine, you know. It was all about Jess rug you know? and, the, and the Tash. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it, must, it did all right. Uh, you know, the budget was about $5 million and they made, what, $700
3: million or something?
0: What? What yeah, what does it say here? Yeah. What does it say? It goes... Yeah, uh oh no 300 million. 4.3 million to make and 300 million. Are you
1: serious that still made 300 million?
2: That's the same yeah. as what Close Encounters made.
0: So
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, like, as I said, um, it just it was a big hit on video. Um, and continued to be when we were yeah, yeah. when videos came to New Zealand in like 1990. Um <laughs> No, we got a little earlier than that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was beta so, yeah that 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 was my film. So that's Lovely. the re- only thing I've got left. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: wasn't it wasn't
2: great we look end up. At... What else came no, out of that just... yeah
1: no, I, I found something that was so obscure. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was about an, a post-apocalyptic world. Two guys. The start of the movie, they hate each other for about five minutes, and then somehow uh, there's a nuclear bomb detonated somewhere in, in America, and they've got to go across land together to go and get some special thing to help protect the remaining people or something like that. And oh. it's got aliens, or oh, not's got not aliens, but it's got um zombies, I think. It's it's got everything you can imagine. Um, and it just doesn't have a plot. <laughs> 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 it's it, it's on YouTube. I oh, It was just I tried watching it, thinking I, I can do this. It's like 90 minutes long, and I got about I know, like half an hour into it, and I just didn't know what it was about. I still didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. There was some absolute rubbish put out. Let's just say around this time, uh, um, totally. it was the year. It, it was the
2: year of a... pumping iron as well with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. just
0: having a look. The Deep came out that year. Hmm. Um, and that's actually quite a good film.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Spine the he Bond movie? Was the Bond movie? Yeah. Great, bad, great, but, uh, great song. Yeah. Great song. Possibly the greatest Bond song ever. Yeah. Um, it? Nobody, nobody does it better, eh? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Damnation
1: Alley. Yeah. Damnation yeah. Alley. Check it out. It's actually on YouTube. If you want to. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, a, listeners. Yeah. Yeah, there was alien. a
0: fabulous. There was a fabulous yeah, war movie that came out that year, The Bridge Too Far, or Bridge Too Far.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that was a great one. And then there's that famous one called Annie Hall, which I know nothing about. I think
2: that's. Yeah, a, I saw that. yeah. Oh, mentioned a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woody Allen, I find real hit and miss. Like, no, I find them kind of watched, awful. Not watched too many of them, but
0: yeah, I think you have to. You have to like it. Eh? You have mm. to. I, and I don't. And
1: I think it was a Herbie movie, wasn't there, in 77?
0: The Winnie the Pooh movie came out. Winnie the Pooh, yep. King's yeah. Dragon and, 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 and the rescuers. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, actually, it wasn't so bad. Oh, was that, and then there was this awful movie called Capricorn One. Um, um yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, well, you yeah, know, it wasn't too bad. I really, not too good, even,
2: it. really, was it? Let's be honest. <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> Well, from our perspective, for some people who are into disc, Saturday Night Fever was freaking everything, wasn't it?
2: That's a strange film, Saturday Night Fever. Because it's not what you kind of think it's going to be, really. It gets no, really... It's, not. Adult. it's a dark, <laughs> <aren't you>? mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of very severe adult themes going on in that movie later.
3: And
2: I think there must have been like... Because uh, there must have been like a TV edit of it, basically, that took all of that subtext out of it yeah because yeah, yeah. I can remember watching it as a kid just the short right? it being on like in the afternoon or something you know in, in the UK on, on the TV so there was definitely like a a watered down let's just show John Travolta doing his stuff walking down the street <laughs> and, then the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it was and about then five minutes that long that was, <laughs>
0: and, and, and wasn't that the last that anybody saw of him um until Pulp Fiction Pretty much. Like,
1: uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yep. Because that was a big deal. Just the fact that it was the um, return of of Travolta. Hmm. I remember. Mm. I, I not even. I didn't even see it in the cinema, but I knew it was a big deal because. And then he came back. Did it? Wasn't he in? And they did uh, a sequel,
2: didn't they? They did staying alive.
1: But wasn't he in that thing with Nicolas Cage? Um, oh, face off!
2: Oh <laughs> God, Long that was that? so. That has to be
0: one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. uh, It's a John Woo movie, and John Woo—he does—he's he's not a bad filmmaker, but he just went hardcore on the slow mo.
1: Slow mo, yeah. He was known for the slow mo,
0: and it's just, <laughs> it was—I'd uh, have to say that it is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life.
2: As opposed to that, you should see Hard Boiled. If you haven't seen Hard Boiled,
0: mm-hmm. as a John mm-hmm. Woo movie, mm-hmm. Look, like, this has been a rather rambling, um, most entertaining <laughs> evening. Um, of well, we've talked about more probably about ever um, and other of our favourite
1: <laughs> no, stuff. We don't stuff we don't listen to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and movies uh, we, we don't want to watch. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, so um, yeah, I think um, it's been a most enjoyable evening. I hope our listeners. Um, have enjoyed the ramble as well. And I hope that they um, have found some gems to have a look at or avoid. Um, and yeah, a lot to, a lot to ponder. So uh, next week we'll have, we'll have Ian back, um, hopefully with a, a new batch of songs and inspirations for him. So that'll be good. And um, hopefully Dom, if you're um, listening, um, I hope you're feeling better and hopefully you can join us. But as we know, uh, well, um, Actually, all three of you guys have never had it, um, as I know. Um, coronavirus, corona, yeah, it's uh, a tough one. So, um, yeah, if you've got some voice, you're more than welcome to join us for ninety six. If not, we'll find another year. Yeah, I think Martin right. might
1: have something up his sleeve.
0: Oh, I think he does too. He's a clever man. Yeah, the fact that he could just <laughs> break out he could, the fact that he could just break out that ever just like that you know he's clever. Oh,
1: he doesn't just break it out. No, that's he it's a daily practice run for him. I oh, love
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good night, Liz. All right.
1: Thanks, guys. Good, good guys. night, David.
0: Good night, Bye. Martin. See you. Bye.
3: That's why you had to paddle it for so some...